Good, beautiful Saturday, September the 15th. This is Mark Lees with Hiker Therapy, Hiker Therapy Life Coaching, coming to you from Oceanside, California. Gorgeous day here. I know there's a lot of crazy weather around the country, but we have some nice weather out here right now in San Diego County. So again, I am Mark Lees with uh, Hiker Therapy, Hiker Therapy Life Coaching. My website is www.hikertherapy.com. I encourage you to go there to learn more about me, uh, what I uh, what my philosophy and theories are, my educational background, my experience, what I can offer as a life coach, a counselor. Uh, I'm a motivator. I'm a guide. I'm a teacher. I like working with people to work through many of the similar situations I've had in my life over the course of my lifetime. So a lot of experiential things going on there. I like combining hiking with mental health recovery. It's, it's worked for me. It reduces my anxiety, depression levels. So that's uh, what hiker therapy is. I encourage you to go to my website to learn more about that. So this is my fourth podcast, I believe. We've done them on boundaries, automatic negative thinking, breathing exercises, what is hiker therapy. Today's topic will be depression. So we'll get to the topic here in a minute. So my format usually will be introduction. Uh, we'll do some breathing exercise. Then we will do the topic. And with the topic, we'll identify what is it, how does it affect us, and what can we do to resolve it, to manage it alleviate symptoms to help us live a healthier, more joyful, content life. So I think we did a little bit of the introduction right there. Again, my website, hikertherapy.com. I encourage you to go there. Email hikertherapy at gmail.com. Phone number 760-215-2112 if you need to contact me about anything. I have a uh, uh, Instagram at hikertherapylifecoaching. Again, at hikertherapylifecoaching. So I encourage you to go there and follow me along. A lot of mental health stuff I post on there. Uh, daily activities as far as hiking, mental health resolve, awareness, recovery, things like that. So go to my Instagram and you can see more about me there. So let's do a breathing exercise. And normally what we do, we've done them uh, with something called a 478, 555. We usually inhale uh, and breathe in, exhale, breathe out uh, correctly. But what we're going to learn today is diaphragmatic breathing. And it opens up our diaphragm, which allows the maximal oxygen to get into our lungs. And that's where all the anxiety relief starts from breathing exercises in our lungs. The brain actually gets faked out that we are uh, relaxing and calming, which we are. But the brain then pulls back on the cortisol, the adrenaline that it injects into our system based on our fight or flight response, that parasympathetic response, that fight or flight, which then um, flushes a lot of cortisol, a lot of adrenaline into our system. And that's the physical response to our being triggered by anxiety. And that's okay. That keeps us alive. It keeps us healthy. It keeps us focused. There's nothing wrong with that. It keeps the tiger from eating us. But when we bust into such anxiety that it overwhelms us in our job, in our schools, in our relationships, in our normal day life, that's when we want to try to pull back on anxiety and the different ways we can do that. Much like depression, they're very similar in symptoms, but I think they're an energy level difference, right? We'll talk about that when we talk about our topic today of depression. So let's learn a breathing exercise. This is called diaphragmatic breathing. Again, it'll help reduce the flush of cortisol and adrenaline to our system. The brain gets that, pulls back on that, and we start relaxing. The brain starts uh, being tricked to relax our body, relax our systems. So get yourself comfortable in a chair. You can do these standing up, but get yourself comfortable in a chair. Feet on the floor, back upright, straight up. Uh, nothing Spartan. You don't have to be uncomfortable, but be uh, attentive. Be focused on what we're doing here, mindful. 
And also put your hands, palms down on your knees, left knee, right knee, left palm, right palm. Or you can touch your fingertips, index, uh, index the thumb, like yogi style kind of thing, meditative pose. But I'm just sitting in my chair, feet on the floor, uh, hands on my knees. And we'll do five of these diaphragmatic breathing exercises. They're a little different. They're kind of opposite of how we usually breathe, but they're much more effective than anything you can do for your system. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull our stomach in, right? Tighten your stomach in. Picture like a string down your belly button through your back, and you're pulling from the back a string pulling through so your stomach is pulled in. And when we start, what we want to do is we want to inhale and push our stomach out, right? So we're going to inhale and push our stomach out. So start with your stomach tucked in, pulled in, right? And then through your nose, inhale your breath and push your stomach out. Now what we're going to do is exhale through our mouth and pull our stomach in. So you see what happens there? It opens up the diaphragm. And you're already going to start feeling relaxed after a couple of these. These are wonderful. They're like miracle things you can do for yourself. Holistic, very natural in any situation. So again, pull your stomach in, right? Tighten your stomach in. Inhale through your nose and push your stomach out. And then... Uh, pull your stomach back. Uh, when you I'm sorry. When you exhale out, pull your stomach back in. Right. So now your stomach's pulled in. So inhale. Right. Inhale. Th inhale through your nostrils slowly and push your stomach out. Now exhale your breath right through your mouth and pull your stomach in. So I'll, I'll coach us through one, and the final one we'll do on our own. So your stomach's pulled in now. Right. Tight. Like you're sucking in your gut, right? Do that. And then inhale through your nostrils. Inhale in. That's where all the oxygen gets into your lungs, right? Feel that? Your lungs fill up. And now exhale through your mouth. And again, pull your stomach back in. So let's do one on our own. Stomach is tightened up, right? You're sucking your gut in. And then go. kind of ex exaggerated my breath, but I just, what I'm feeling right now, I usually got a pretty high anxiety level, but even right now, after those, it's very calming, right? You can feel the effects of those diaphragmatic breathing, very calming. So that's our breathing exercise for today. Diaphragmatic breathing gets the maximum amount of oxygen into your lungs. The brain starts thinking, oh, okay, the system's relaxing. The brain pulls back on adrenaline and cortisol. And then your system, the symptoms, the physical, that's where you're in trouble, right? We start getting spooked. Our body becomes tense. Our stomachs churn. Oh, shortness of breath. The physical response, and that increases our anxiety. And that's what a panic attack is, right? We react to the physical response. If you're sitting in a movie theater, you have a panic attack, you're actually reacting to your physical response as much as your thoughts. Yeah, made up thinking. That's what starts the whole thing. But you're reacting more to your physical response. So that's diaphragmatic breathing. Let's get on to our topic, depression. Um, depression will identify what is it, how does it affect us, and what's our cure, resolve, manage, alleviate symptoms. How can we deal with depression in our lives, right? I'm going to probably focus more on situational depression in our, our podcast right now as much as chronic, but I will talk about that. So I think energy, what is it? I think depression, it, it's an energy, right? We said anxiety is high, high, uh, high energy. Depression is low energy. It it isolates us. It, it keeps us in bed. It keeps us from eating. Or we sleep too, uh, we, get, we don't sleep enough. 
or we eat too much. It can go either which way with those kind of things. Uh, depression is a sadness. It's the feeling of the blues. It's no motivation. Um, it, it, it's just a, a feeling, an energy drain that we don't have any um, self to motivate ourselves to move forward, to do anything in a day. It keeps us isolated. You don't feel like you want to socialize when you're depressed. You don't feel like, hey, let's go to a baseball game when you're depressed. All things that we can do, by the way, even when we're depressed, to get us in a better place. But it's just an energy drain. It just makes us feel lousy, sadness. And by the way, before I go on with this with depression, it's okay to feel what you feel. All right. So much in our society is we've got to be happy all the time. That's how I grew up. That was the one emotion, the one feeling we were allowed to have. We could be happy. So much in our society, we we go happy or nothing, right? So uh, it's okay to feel what you feel, whether it's the topic of depression today or anxiety or anger or frustration, whatever you're feeling, it's okay. The problem that comes up is if it's ongoing and it just demotivates us in life, it keeps us from being 100% of us or at least 75% of us, right? If we're functioning at 75% or above, we're doing good is why I look at it, right? Um, so it, it just keeps us from functioning. So depression, what is it? It's an energy thing. I think depression, my theory on depression is this, right? I mean, I know we can debate this, but my, my feeling both personally and professionally about depression is this. It's our, our wanting to change the past that creates depression. Regrets are wanting to change the past. You cannot change the past, okay? It's done. It's over. But so many people I work with through hiker therapy, life coaching, or at my job as a counselor or case manager working with veterans, so much of it is wanting to change our past. You can't. And also, number two, it's living our life for others. It's living our life for others. If you are not living your life for yourself, you are more likely going to have depression, anxiety over the course of your lifetime. You're living your life for others. Whether you're an adult living your life for your kids or if you're a, a child, we're all children, right? A, a child and we're living our life for our parents. If we're living our life for people we work for, our jobs, what will they think of me? What will my neighbors think of me? What will my coworkers think of me? If you're living your life for others, you're going to live in depression. That's where it comes from as far as I'm concerned. I understand the chemical imbalance piece, and that's the more to medication, psychiatric side of things. Understood. Understood. Valid. I, I've been through that myself in my life. I've been on medication for anxiety and depression, and I got myself off the meds. I just I, I couldn't live like that anymore. I had to make the, the choice, the decision to move forward in my life and be more holistic and just deal with my life, my problems, get out of the past. Uh, not, it's a process. Not easy, right? Doesn't happen overnight. Just because we're talking about it here, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But I just took it out more that way. So that's how I live my life. But I do know there's medication that's needed for a lot of these um, depressive-related um, disorders. So it's wanting our to change the past, right, or living our life for others. Um, I think a lot of depression is seasonal, right? It's coming into like the wintertime. People can get depressed because of that low light kind of energy stuff, right? Again, another energy thing. I think depression comes from check yourself on anniversaries, deaths, divorce. You don't even know it, right? If you start feeling depressed or blue for blues, blue, I'm sorry, blue for no reason, check your dates. Who died? Who, who got divorced? What happened around, what's today, September 15th? What happened for you? Yeah, last week or so, I was feeling a bit down. I got a lot of life changes going on in my life. I'm switching my job up. I'm going to go back to writing a book. A lot of anxiety, a lot of change going on. But I was feeling down, and that's enough right there. But I was feeling down about something. And I realized my uh, dog that died five years ago, six years ago, 2012, was September 12th. 
9-11 just happened to us, right? That can create the just the, the thought, the anxiety, depression, a lot of hurt and pain in our life, right? So anytime you get the blues, you get depressed, check on anniversary dates in your life, first of all, okay? Um, if you if How does it affect us? We isolate, right? We, we don't want to get out of bed or we, we, we can't sleep or we, I, we, we just tend, it just takes us off base of who we are. We don't want to get up to get the mail in the morning, right? We don't want to get out of the house to go do the grocery shopping, get out of house to go to work. So depression can affect us that way. So different from chronic depression, situational depression is based on an event, a divorce, a job change, a job loss, a job gain, a divorce, a marriage. Any change, any, growth can create depression, believe it or not. You don't have to be, it doesn't have to be going sideways or downhill in your life. You can be climbing, going upwards and still have depression because it's new to you. You don't know how to handle the success. It, growth can create a lot of fe- negative feelings for us and that's okay. It's okay to feel what we feel. But situational depression are based on events, right? Things that happen in our life that cause us that two-week period of blues. If you are depressed more than two weeks, I think this is a... a Diagnosis piece in the and the the DSM, which is a the uh, psychiatrist psychologist counseling novel uh, Bible uh, disorder book to go to to determine symptoms that, that might relate to mental health disorders. So uh, one of those would be if you're over two weeks, you're having chronic depression, and that's a different ballgame altogether. Ongoing life depression. But remember, many times, even with ongoing lifetime depression kind of stuff, it's our still our willingness to want to change the past or living our life for others. Um, more chronic depression stuff, you want to see a counselor. You might want to get on medication. It's more of a, a chronic care kind of situation, which doesn't mean, you know, there's a st- statistic that 80% of people who are diagnosed, diagnosed with depression never seek treatment, never seek treatment. They might go once to get the diagnosis. They'd never go again. But 80% of people who do get treatment, high 80%, almost 90% get immediate resolved alleviation of systems. Not immediate. Get resolved and alleviations of um, symptoms. But they do start feeling the immediate effects from that, right? You start talking to somebody about your issues, a counselor. You start getting on medication. So that's a pretty interesting stat. 80% of people diagnosed with depression never get treated for it. But 80% of people who do, 80 to 90%, have results, have alleviation of symptoms. So that's a good thing. Uh, so we talked about how does it affect us, our motivation, our isolation. It, that's where our joy. We have no response. When you smell a rose, there's nothing there, right? So it really flattens you out, our feelings in life. Uh, grief, right? We didn't talk about that. One of the stages of grief is depression. Somebody dies. If you graduate from school, a four-year degree program, even high school, a college degree, if you graduate, if you leave a job for right reasons, you're going to have loss. You're going to have grief. One of those symptoms, one of the phases, one of the stages of grief is depression, right? So even in success, there can be grief. You're moving on. In loss, there can be grief, a death, uh, a job change, a divorce, grief. One of the stages of grief is depression. So we talked about what is it? We talked about how does it affect us. Let's now talk about what can we do about it. What can we do about depression that alleviates the symptoms of depression? So first of all, um, know that it's real. It's okay. Acknowledge it. Know that you have it. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? You want to get symptom relief, but it's okay to feel what you feel. 
Uh, what else can we do about it? If you can just get up in the morning and shower and brush your teeth, if you're really suffering depression, that's an accomplishment. If you make your bed, you know, they say one of the best things you can do for yourself in your day is just make your bed. Why? Right. A sense of accomplishment. Get up, make your bed. You've done something already and then move forward with your day. Uh, pick an affirmation for the day. You know, what can we do to resolve depression, um, whether situational or ongoing? An affirmation of the day. I've made it this far. I've seen this before. I can do it again. Uh, I'm coming up with a big life change. I've already announced I'm leaving my position at where I work. So I'm, I'm starting to feel some of these symptoms myself, but I know I can do it. I've done it before and I can do it again. I know these changes in my life are scary. They create anxiety. They create some depression, some loss, some grief, all the things we're talking about, situational stuff. But I've done it before, and I can do it again, and I can move forward. Uh, write out three goals in your day, at least one. One to three goals in your day that this is what I want to do today. Write it down. When you wake up, make your bed, brush your teeth, start your day, write down something you want to accomplish in your day. What do you want to get done? Three goals, whatever they are. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to go shopping. Uh, I'm going to go on a job interview. Or I'm going to apply to a job. I'm going to do something with my resume. I'm going to go down to the beach. I'm going to go down to the coffee house. I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to call somebody. And by the way, that's another great one that I have to pull off today myself. Call people you love. And that's actually one of them we're going to talk about here anyway. Call people that you love. Talk to somebody. Just getting out there and on the phone. Text somebody and make a phone call. Hello, uncle. Hello, aunt. Hello, brother. Hello, spouse. Hello, girlfriend. Hello, boyfriend. Just make a conversation with somebody you love in your life. Connect with somebody. Keeps us, keeps us connected. Go for a walk. In my world, go for a hike. Get out. Um, change a thought. Move a muscle. That's why I go hiking. I'm going to go hiking tomorrow. Just get out in nature. I just got to get my anxiety levels down, especially right now all this change in my life. Keep myself in a, a clarity basis and mindful place for me getting out hiking. I walk my neighborhood every day, every morning. I will tonight probably. So just walking around, change your thought, move a muscle, drink water. You don't have to drink water when you're thirsty. Drink it. It's a great thing for a, a mood change, for anxiety and depression management and relief. Drink water. Stay hydrated. Vitamins, I don't do much of that myself, although I just started doing uh, hemp, CBD, hemp oil. I'm trying to, that's not, you can't get high from it, right? I hope not. But you, hemp oil, so hemp oil uh, for management of anxiety, things like that. So I'm not a real vitamin kind of guy, but I understand the benefits of eating healthy, eating properly, right? Managing carbs, managing sugar. But vitamins, proper vitamins, and especially in the day and age we are in now, essential oils, very key to helping us alleviate symptoms of, of depression. Eat fruits and vegetables, right? Proper diet, really. Proper diet helps us a way we can manage our depression, um, alleviate symptoms. Uh, a proper diet. Make sure we're eating fruits and vegetables, low carbs, low sugar. Uh, listen to me, uh, your favorite music, right? I, I Right now, I'm on a jazz station I listen to all the time. And uh, I listen to music. Whatever that is for you, whatever your choice of music, listen to music. Uh, talk to someone. We talked about that. Call relatives, call lovers, call friends, call coworkers. Talk to somebody in your day. Set up one of your goals, actually. I'm going to talk to somebody today that I haven't talked to yesterday. Uh, write down five things that you are thankful for, grateful for. What are you thankful for? They don't have to be um, monumental things. They don't, you know, I, I'm grateful for, well, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for a beautiful day. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for the people who are listening to my podcast. I'm grateful for my computer that I can do a podcast. Five things in your day, whether you write them down or just come up with them. I write them down. There's actually a book out there called The Science of Gratitude. And one of the things the author of that book says is write down five things you're grateful for. 
so again, um, shower, just get out of bed, make your bed, uh, pick an affirmation for the day. I can make it. I've done it. I can do it again. Write down three goals, one to three goals. What do you want to accomplish in the day? Go for a walk, change it up, change a thought, move a muscle, take vitamins, proper diet, listen to favorite music that you have. You can't, music's a great a mood changer, mood elevator, right? We all get in different moods for different music. I might be listening to higher energy music when I'm up, up there with that kind of thing. And I might be listening to jazz to calm me down. So pick your mood with your music. Talk to someone, communicate. Uh, write down five things you're grateful for in a day. What are you grateful for? What are you thankful for in your day? So that's another way we can manage our depression. Uh, so today's topic was depression. What is it? We talked about it, uh, how it takes us out, our energy uh, demotivates us. Uh, how does it affect us? Situational depression, seasonal depression, grief, loss, all things that lead to depression. It's okay to feel what we feel. Chronic depression is ongoing uh, post two weeks. Then you might want to start talking to somebody professionally, medication, um, seeing how you can manage yourself that way. Uh, and what can we do about it? We just talked about a list of things, what we can do about our depression. So that's our topic today on depression. Make sure you check in with yourself on a daily basis. Step outside yourself. Look down on yourself and try to change your thinking. Negative thoughts is a big thing with depression. We talked about that last time. I encourage you to listen to my podcast on automatic negative thinking. But automatic negative thinking automatically takes us there. Whatever's going on in your life, we're making it up. We are not our thoughts, okay? And that, that's a huge contributor to depression, so I encourage you to check that out. So, again, this is Mark Lees with Hiker Therapy Life Coaching, www.hikertherapy.com. I encourage you, please go to my website. You can learn more about me. Give me a call on the phone. You can text me. You can email me. You can go on my Instagram, Hiker Therapy Life Coaching, to get an idea more about what I do, who I am, both personally and professionally. I'm currently writing a book on hiking Mount Whitney with my son, as, as much based on hiking the largest mountain in our country, as much as um, relationships, recovery, re reconciliation, how, how damaging effects of, of broken relationships and families. So it's, it's, it's about a, a lot about that. So I encourage you to read, read that also. I, I'm writing it now. I'm, my goal is now as part of my goal of leaving my job to finish this book in three months. But I post excerpts on both my Instagram and on my website. I think I got about four of them up right now. So, again, I hope you have a wonderful Saturday. Uh, Please enjoy yourself. Take care of you. Be good to you and hike on.